This Sunday, the Jewish community around the world is celebrating the Feast of Sukkot, sometimes also, well, also called Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. It's one of the three great pilgrimage feasts of Judaism. It began uh, at sundown last Friday and ends at sundown this coming Friday. Sukkot commemorates the 40 years that Israel wandered in the desert on their way to the Promised Land. It is also an agricultural festival that celebrates the grape and the olive harvest. This is probably why Sukkot is the most joyous festival in the Jewish calendar. It celebrates the new vintage because according to Psalm 104, wine makes our hearts glad. The art of winemaking first began around the Black Sea in what is now Turkey about 6,000 years ago. There's archaeological evidence to prove it. It quickly made its way down to Canaan on the way to Egypt. Egypt was the first great wine culture 3,000 years before France. Some of the appeal must have been the altered consciousness that you get from several glasses of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild on sale now for only 1,997 cents a bottle at your local grocery store. Drink carefully. In the book of Numbers, when the spies returned to Moses after scouting out the land of Canaan, they carried a huge bunch of grapes on a pole. It was proof that the promised land was flowing with milk and honey and wine, as God promised. This is how and why the vineyard became a metaphor for Israel. It's there in Psalm 80. You brought a vine out of Egypt to plant it. You drove out the nations. It's there in Ezekiel 19. Your mother was like a vine in a vineyard, transplanted by water, fruitful, and full of branches. And it's also there in Isaiah 5, the song of the vineyard that we just heard in the first reading. Modern listeners of today's gospel might scratch their heads and wonder what the parable is really all about, but those listening to Jesus telling the story could not possibly have missed his point because the conversation took place in the temple precincts in the last week of Jesus' life, according to Matthew's gospel. They only had to look above them. Josephus says that Herod decorated the facade of the temple with a huge grapevine with clusters of grapes covered in brilliant gold leaf. So the parable is about Israel itself. Every vineyard, at least in Israel, had three things. An owner, usually an absentee landlord, a tenant workers, and grapes. In the parable, the owner of the vineyard is called by two Greek terms, oikodespotes, literally master or ruler of the house, and kyrios, lord. This tells us that the master of the vineyard of Israel is God himself. Who the tenants are is obvious from the opening line of the parable. Jesus tells it to the chief priests and elders of the people. But the key to the passage lies in the word that describes what vineyards produce, wine grapes. The whole point of having a vineyard is to produce wine. The owner of the vineyard, uncharacteristically and perhaps even unfairly, demands not just his share of the harvest, he wants it all. God's claim over Israel is total and complete. 
But that's not how the tenants see it. They want the vineyard for themselves. Jesus is not merely charging the chief priests and elders with conspiracy to kill him. Flick a few chapters ahead in Matthew and you see how accurately Christ read the situation. Good Friday came as no surprise to him. We've arrived at that point in every homily where the listeners get to ask the single most important question that haunts every homily. So what? The question may have already occurred to you several times over in the past five minutes. Never mind, I've asked it myself while I was preparing it. Jesus is telling a parable about his coming death to the very people who are conspiring to kill him. So what? We're here to worship Christ, not to kill him. What can this possibly have to do with us? Well, we can read the parable in any number of ways. The vineyard is Israel. The vineyard is the church, the new Israel. The vineyard is the world. And it is also a metaphor for ourselves, the vineyard of our lives. However we understand the image, the point is that it all belongs to God. He claims it all for himself, the whole of our lives. Each of us is the main character in our own drama of salvation. The drama is what kind of harvest will the vineyard of our lives produce? The new wine of the kingdom, holiness, goodness, faithfulness, or sour grapes? Pope John XXIII alluded to this drama when he said, human beings are like wine. Some turn to vinegar, but the best improve with grace.